Welcome back, friends and family, to another episode of the podcast. I'm here again with my good friend, Mr. Jason Squire. Hello, Jason. Hello, Luke. Hopefully everybody's not sick of me yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, this is good. It's great having you on. And we're doing kind of just another one-off episode. This is kind of our New Year's episode, year-end wrap-up. This should be coming out on December 26th, so I hope everyone had a fantastic Christmas who celebrates Christmas or just kind of gets into the vibe. I believe Kwanzaa starts today, so if that's something that you celebrate or if you're interested in, I suggest checking it out, doing a little research. I did some research into it just to find some more out about it, but happy Kwanzaa to everyone and happy New Year as people are going out this week to celebrate the New Year. First, we will start with our good news segment, like we always do. And the good news organization I found for this episode, I really like. I actually donated to this organization today that we're recording it. And the organization is One Simple Wish. Their website is onesimplewish.org. Their mission, quoting from their website, is, well, it's maybe not their mission, but like a mantra that they have is, every child deserves love, hope, and joy, which I think is great. Specifically, they're doing things to provide for children who have gone into foster care. And we know as educators, children going to foster care, sometimes those are good situations, sometimes negative situations. A lot of the things, a lot of the family dynamics that are putting them into foster care in the first place are very challenging. And there are about 500,000 or over 500,000 children who at least spend some time in foster care in a given year. About 100,000 or more waiting to be adopted. And over 22,000 children who go into foster care, spend some time in foster care, age out without a stable, permanent situation. That's all pretty tragic. I think both of us as educators see some of those things and see those things sometimes with our students where... They feel like you're not able to do enough, those sorts of things. So during the holiday season, but really all year round, One Simple Wish takes donations. And you can, it's sort of like the Miracle Tree or some of those things you might have in your local community where you'd take like a tag and it would have a kid's name and maybe what they would like for Christmas, interest, that sort of thing. You can buy presents for that kid. Well, this puts it on an online platform, specifically with kids who are in foster care. You can pick a specific thing where it'll maybe say a child's name and it'll give you a specific dollar amount to like, we. this kid's into this, we're trying to get them this. You can pay for the whole thing. You can make a donation to pay for part of it. They also have other options where 
it'll be sort of anonymous. It'll be like donate $5, donate $10, donate $50 to whatever. And they take that money and parcel it out to any of the wishes that are time sensitive or that have maybe been on there for a little while so they can try to, to get those covered. So that's actually what I did. I did kind of the, the general donation to make sure that's going to some of those time sensitive things, especially this time of year. But I think just a pretty cool organization. I have a soft spot for kids. I think as educators, mm-hmm. we, we generally do. And I like, I like the way they're doing this. I, I like kind of the way it's set up and the way you can pick out something specifically. You can also give a little message to whoever the gift is going to. Not that you need to do anything earth shattering, but you can give a little word of encouragement or something mm-hmm. as well. So anyway, that's our one simple wish. One simple wish dot org is the organization for this week. It's like a cool organization. Yeah. So now just kind of talking about the end of the year. First of all, at the end of the year, do you do do you spend time reflecting on the previous year? I try to. I'm not a writer, so mm. I mean, sometimes I think about like, hey, I should write about what happened this year, and then I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but I like to just think about it, and we were just talking about like, it just becomes, these last few years especially are just a blur because of how everything has been affected by COVID and just trying to remember what has happened in this year. Um, but I like to try to think about that. Mm-hmm. I, I do the same. Of course, I write and make content all year. So sometimes I'll do that. Like I'll go back through my blog posts and stuff for the year and kind of just try to remember that all the things that I do for like media, creative stuff. I mean, all of it is to sort of like ease my own mind really Mm -hmm. so then i'll kind of look back it's easier you ever have like if you're listening to a song or something or listen to a podcast and then you like hear it again or hear it referenced again then it'll take you back to like what you were doing when you heard that oh yeah i'll kind of do the same thing where i look through like blog posts or something from the past year and be like oh i remember i was really feeling this way or i had just done this or whatever and then i specifically i write a Christmas letter every year. So I'll kind of go back and look at previous Christmas letters. And usually once a year, I did it twice this year. I will download the photos off my phone onto a computer and into like Snapfish and like that sort of thing. And then I usually do like a, one of those photo books sort of mm-hmm. thing for each year. And then just, that's kind of like my reflection piece. And that's kind of when I write my Christmas letter to is like, oh, here's the stuff the kids and I did this year. Here's like, oh yeah, I remember that. I remember that, those sorts of things. And then reading the previous Christmas letters is kind of fun where it's like, oh, this is what my kids were talking about when they were three, four, five. Now they're nine and 10 and 11. So that's kind of, well, Mickey's 11. Claire's going to be 10. I said 9, 10, 11. Like, there's three of them. There's yeah, two of them. You know. <laughs> but, but I, was, I was thinking, like, the end of the year, you're like, Claire is almost 10 now, mm-hmm. you know. But, um, so, looking back on this past year, 
In general, how do you think 2021 was? <laughs> well, I was pretty optimistic as the year started. <laughs> yeah. And really was feeling pretty darn optimistic heading into June. And then uh, by August, I'm like, oh, no. So, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it's considering the year before, it was nice getting to do some stuff normally again yeah i just really wish we would have quashed covid and everybody would have done what we needed to do and to help out with that but it is what it is and hopefully we can mitigate what we can do yeah i kind of felt the same i mean i think i think a lot of people were like good riddance to 2020 and i guess i just sort of felt like well Things we're dealing with with COVID, mm-hmm. blah, blah, it's not instantly going to be better anyway. So it was nice this year, more things being open again. The kids and I got to travel again, which we didn't do all of, I guess we were on a trip, everything blends together now, on a trip at the beginning of 2020 and then stuff must have shut down like March of 2020, is that when we closed yeah, school and all it that stuff? was the week after State Girls Basketball, so it was That's right. like March 13th, right. I want to say we were in school with no kids going, oh no, what is going on right now? Right, yes, okay, yeah, so, yeah, so outside of we were actually on a trip ringing in the new year of 2020 and the kids and I didn't really do any traveling which we're accustomed to doing so it was nice this year to get back to some of that we took a and that was maybe i guess if we're talking about we're gonna talk some about some of our favorites from this year that was my maybe favorite thing this year was the kids and i took a big three thousand mile road trip that was oddly exactly three thousand miles i hit the trip leaving pulling onto highway 218 and then as we got back into town, it turned over to 3,000 miles. That's crazy. It was especially crazy because as we were kind of in the middle of the trip, my son, Mickey, was like, Dad, how far do you think we'll drive the whole trip? And I'm like, I think about 3,000 miles, just depending like where we were driving and figuring and driving around and stuff, too. And it was exactly 3,000 miles. So could not have planned that and made it work. <laughs> but uh, we did a big national park kind of road trip we stayed in a cabin in kind of the black hills area for a couple days and went to wind cave national park and that sort of thing then we continued on and went to big sky montana we stayed there and then spent a few days going into yellowstone national park and that's incredible then we went from there up to teddy roosevelt national park in north dakota just kind of did a stop and go through there it's a Mm -hmm. smaller national park Stayed in North Dakota for two days, I think, as we were kind of traveling across state, and then came back and through went through the Twin Cities and stopped at the Back to the 50s car show, which is this gigantic car show that my dad and I have gone to since I was little. This was the first time taking my kids and it was actually cool that they were into it and enjoyed it because this is you're talking 12,000 13,000 cars this is this giant car show. you reference that and i instantly think of that picture you showed me of your dad like with the thumbs up yeah we, car, so. we made my dad take a picture in front of a car one time and he is not interested in being in pictures but i just always see that in my head when you reference that one time we were at back to the 50s so we've gone uh 
probably gone to it for pushing 30 years at this point. Not quite. But one year, you know, my cousin Dan, mm-hmm. when we were young, we wound up in a car magazine, like a national car magazine, just in the crowd that was nice. they were at Back to the 50s. But Back to the 50s draws people from car shows and, I mean, like car television shows and stuff like that. And it's a big national event. So one time, back in the era where you would get magazines and look through them, we were looking through a car magazine. We were in it, just walking in the crowd. Pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. But uh, other than that, any any other like favorites you have for this year that like your family did or that you actually got to do as things opened up a little bit? Um, in the spring, we went up to a Timberwolves game when they first started letting fans back in, which was kind of fun. Nice. And it was it was they, that was back with masking and uh, people spread out and things. And it was cool to like get to be there, but in a never again in my life will I ever experience an NBA atmosphere that way. Because M- right. even if you're not an NBA fan, NBA games are really fun to go to. Yeah. Minnesota Timberwolves, I'm giving you a shout out because you do a nice job when we go there. So it was yeah. kind of a more subdued, but mm. it was cool because you could hear more of the basketball sounds during the game, like the shoes <laughs> squeaking and everything. <laughs> so it sounded like you're yeah. in a high school gym. It really was. So, I mean, that was neat to, to experience that. Um we just did a little trip around Iowa. We decided to wait one more year before we planned to go to Disney, which has been on that's, hold for a few years. That's the trip, man. That's yeah. the family trip. So we, we did just a little trip around Iowa, which was fun. Um, and then uh, Gavin's birthday present over a year late, we went to Jim Gaffigan. So that was kind oh, of yeah. fun getting yeah. to go to some of those things we had missed out on. Mm. And even little things like going to movies again and getting to experience some of those things has been fun with the kids because it just felt weird like even it sounds strange but like going to the pool again mm-hmm. which i it's not i sit there and watch the kids and everything but it was the summer before we didn't do that so it was kind of yeah. nice for them to kind of be back into a semi-normal routine anyway yeah i agree it, it kind of funny not that things are back to the way they were pre-pandemic but it was and this is one of those things we realize we're a little spoiled anyway. We get to do social things mm-hmm. and, and go to events and stuff like that. But it was nice. Yeah, the kids and I recently went to see a comedian again and just go and do stuff like that that for a little while wasn't really something that was happening. So that's nice. I'm looking forward to going back to concerts again. It is usually my go-to. And I kind of forgot how frequently I went to concerts. I mean, it was usually... At least every couple of months I would yep. go see some sort of show and then there's haven't been as many and not as many around here still yet. Now now it's yeah. getting more, um, but you still had kind of a stretch where when people were starting shows they weren't you know, coming to Iowa necessarily or Yes. But so yeah, I'm looking forward to to hitting up some more shows and things like that as well. Do you have any New Year's traditions. I don't, I guess, uh, I don't take you for a go out to a New Year's party every year sort of person. You are correct. <laughs> I usually, again, with basketball stuff, this is New Year's, you're back into the basketball swing, and mm. uh, usually we have practice New Year's Eve. Um, didn't usually have it New Year's Day, so 
I usually stuck close to home because I'm tired all the time, but mm. usually we try to have people over at different times. It, it, again, that feels like a gazillion years ago, but I think yeah. the last time we did that is, I think you were over and we had some other people and played uh, Cars Against Humanity, I think, was, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. which feels like... 18 years ago, <laughs> but right. I, that was just a few years that was ago. 30 years ago. But uh, I'm pretty low-key with with uh, New Year stuff, especially, like, again, with the kids at the age they are. I'd rather stay at home and let them try to stay awake and yeah. just do it that way. But how about you? Yeah, I've never, even when I was young, never got, like, super crazy about New Year's. I guess we always had fun with New Year's when I was a kid. We would sometimes have, like, smaller New Year's party with some other family, not the whole giant family, but mm-hmm. some other people like that. And th- one thing my family has always done, which is, we talked about last week, those traditions that you realize not everyone does, is we bang pots and pans to ring in the New Year. Nice. So, <laughs> as it turns to midnight, we would always do this when I was a kid, we would go outside and bang pots and pans together and make a big ruckus. I, I honestly don't... I should have done some research for this. I honestly don't know from where that tradition hails. I don't know how mm-hmm. that got started. I don't know if that is a traditional thing that we kept or if it's just my family does it. But yes banging pots and pans together to to make a big noise so i have my kids do that and when they were real young i would say they were not fans because i would i would either make <laughs> i would make them stay up or let them fall asleep on the couch and then wake them up usually it would be that they'd be asleep then i would wake them up and be like hey it's almost new year's so let's get up so you can bang pots and pans and they're like ah like we just want to sleep and i'm like for whatever reason, I was like, this is important. Get up and smash these pans That's together. Right. Then go back to sleep. Yeah, then, yeah, then immediately go back to sleep because that'll make it easy. <laughs> but uh, I guess that was kind of always our tradition as kids. Then as I got older, as I was like in my in college and in my 20s, I still never was like, would go crazy with New Year's. I mean, I guess I, I don't know, remember like hanging out, doing stuff with people, but but nothing nuts. Sometimes people like go to big New Year's Eve parties. Yeah. Never, never, never really been done my that. thing either. Yeah. But I think, uh, I think my favorite was uh, the New Year's going into the year two thousand. Is oh, yeah. Rachel, my friend Joe, and I hung out together and then kind of cruised around town because the hype, you know, that year was the year two thousand was going to wreck all the computers Y2K, and then, then chaos was going to hit. So we just cruised around St. Ansgar and hung out and just waited for the people to freak out. And nobody did because everything worked right. So I just remember that was we were more intrigued by how nothing was going to happen, but just to see if anybody was just yeah. panicking. I, I do remember that New Year's as well. And that seems to me we spent a number of New Year's Eves at like my Uncle Donnie's. And that would be kind of where we'd gather a couple families sort of thing. And then right across the street was some other family of ours, my Aunt Becky. And I remember, I'm pretty sure for like the ringing in the year 2000, we were there. And I kind of remember being out and banging the pots and pans and that sort of thing. 
But if you're not old enough to rem- to remember that, it was kind of a thing of people immediately around me weren't like afraid of Y2K, but it was sort of this like I wonder if anything is going to happen. Yeah. And nothing did, but uh from what they seem to have fixed that in Office Space. Remember that? They're talking yeah. about that in Office Space. That they're updating <laughs> software for the year 2000 switch. So That's I, true. I was pretty calm uh, about that because I'm like, they already talked about this in Office Space. This is going to be fine. I just, I just remember my friend's mom worked at a bank, so they had to hang out at the bank to, they make, really? sure, to make sure that uh, everything rolled over right. So That would be bonkers. Yep. Hmm. How about... New Year's resolutions. Are you a New Year's resolution person? I'm a realistic New Year's resolution <laughs> guy. Like my goal is always uh, to lose a little weight or do more exercise and stuff. And obviously, I try to do that, but it's not like I don't do the go hard for two weeks and then like totally quit. But it's just in general, just there more to keep in mind. But I don't know. I guess just the general try to be a good person or a better person and hmm. but i don't usually like write them down and like make sure i'm 100 percent sticking to them but right right i guess my thought is always like the goal through the year is to do those things not just have to reset it there but yeah how about you um yeah not necessarily like just i'm a write down points of focus guy at all times mm-hmm like, I constantly am writing things down. I always have a legal pad next to my bed. And I will, I will for the new year, write down a series of, like, points of focus. I find that's a better way for me to do it instead of, like, saying, like, this is my exact goal. Mm-hmm. I will say, I'm going to work on this, this, this. Whether it's a media project, so whether it's, like, when I wrote a book or doing this and like I'm going to work on this and then I will kind of then I will break it down from there like these are my points of focus for the year but then I will go month by month week by week day by day so I like break it down Mm -hmm. break it down so then so like for this month for December I will have a list of the things that I'm focusing on and I, I kind of put everything like media stuff family stuff school stuff, stuff around the house, pick just a couple of things I'm going to focus on. You know, like, uh, like my physical health type of stuff, like working out. And then I kind of just keep track of, like I do like little tally marks of like, yep, I hit mm-hmm. something on this, you know, this day I did this, this, this. And then I can kind of just continue to look like, oh, I've been giving more attention to this, less attention to this. And then I break down the week, like here are the things I know I'm going to do those days. Here's some things I, I know I need to get done. So it's for me, it's always the how do you eat an elephant approach, mm-hmm. one bite at a time. So they're not so much like, oh, this year I'm going to run a marathon. I'm going to do whatever. It's like here are points of focus. And then if I'm always focused on the journey, then things mm-hmm. tend to turn out pretty good. And then within those smaller frameworks, I may be like, oh, this month I, I want to get this done. Or or I'll give myself, like, I try to work on media stuff at least six hours a week. Mm-hmm. Busy with other stuff, but I figure, you know, there's some days where I maybe only do a half an hour. There's other days where I maybe do three hours. If I can average about six hours a week, 
you get quite a bit of stuff done in that area. Nice. So let's kind of do that. Now, on the New Year's resolutions thing, are you familiar with Woody Guthrie's 1943 list of New Year's rulings? I've heard of it. I wouldn't say I'm up to snuff on that, but... Gotcha. So I, I was just going to run over this. If people are not familiar with you can look this up. You can find pictures of it. But I love this. If you don't know Woody Guthrie, I'm a Woody Guthrie fan in general. Not that I super deep into like his entire catalog of music, but Woody Guthrie is kind of... Uh, old folk singer that really influenced everything from Bob Dylan to the music that I really love, the John Prines and Todd Snyder's and those sort of things. Sort of pushing back against some social norms and stuff, trying to, but but like in a positive way, represent poor people and disenfranchised mm. people and, and stuff like that. And I kind of take an approach when I'll write down kind of my New Year's points of focus that he does, where he basically just puts down things he he wants to focus on a little bit. And if you find the image of the original, he's got all these little cartoony sketches next to all of them too. And he put down, in 1943, 33 little points of focus. And I'm just going to read them because they're pretty great. So I'm just going to go down the list. Work more and better. Work by a schedule. Wash teeth, if any. <laughs> Shave. Take bath. Eat good. Fruit, vegetables, milk. Drink very scant, if any. Write a song a day. Wear clean clothes, look good. Shine shoes. Change socks. Change bed clothes often. Read lots good books. Listens to ra- listen to radio a lot. Learn people better. Keep Rancho clean. Don't get lonesome. Stay glad. Keep hoping machine running. Dream good. Bank all extra money. Save dough. Have company, but don't waste time. Send Mary and kids money. Play and sing good. Dance better. Help win war. Beat fascism. Love Mama, love Papa, love Pete, love everybody, make up your mind, wake up and fight. Those are his 33 New Year's rulings. Any thoughts? It's fun, like, the listen to the radio one is awesome because, like, at that time, that would have been a big thing. Like, oh, yeah. Um I like the fight fascism one. Yeah, yeah. It's 1943. Kind of everybody is. We're trying to end World War II. Yep. I just like to wake up and fight. I like that one. That's one. So, again, being, I guess, I like Woody Guthrie's music, but being maybe more of a fan of his message in general of, of fighting against oppression and, mm-hmm. and standing up for the disenfranchised. I, I kind of combined two of his as a little mantra, the love everybody and wake up and fight. Like, I think that's just it's a great way to approach life. Love everybody, but wake up and fight. Wake up and, and get things done. Yep. 
So my typical sign-off for this podcast is love yourself, love everybody, love the fight. Kind of a, a tip of the hat to that. Mm-hmm. And, and I kind of have adopted it too. love the fight. For me, it's like it's all a struggle. Life is a struggle. But if you kind of put yourself in it, you can learn to enjoy it. You can learn to love it, to appreciate it. But I did a, a Woody Guthrie drawing a while back, a charcoal drawing. It's him playing the guitar. And then I wrote on there in kind of his handwriting, which I like because it's very similar to my handwriting, actually, <laughs> that just says, love everybody, wake up and fight. And, uh, yeah, I, I love that. Some of the simple... I like that he includes simple things. Mm-hmm. I think that's good advice for people if you are a New Year's resolution person or... If you're not somebody who writes New Year's resolutions, I think at the beginning of the year, people are trying to start fresh a little yeah. bit anyway. And if you want to make change, like the best way is sometimes doing very little things. Like I like that he points out, like, change my socks. Yeah. Ch- change my bed clothes often. <laughs> like those little things actually make like making your bed making your bed is a great one that's gotten some attention in recent years because of the admiral william william Mm -hmm. h mcraven speech but like that's a great way to start adding some discipline to your life is like get up in the morning and make your bed and actually i would put that down because then at the end of the day even if everything else goes wrong like you can you can knock that off as a win. You can put a little tally mark and like, I did that today. I changed my socks today. I took a shower today. And for people who are like struggling with depression and anxiety and stuff like that, that can sometimes be a mm-hmm. difficult thing to do. So so I, I like that those are on there. I also like that he put washed teeth, if any, like if he still has some teeth. Yeah. Keep them clean, that sort of thing. But uh, yeah. I think learn people better. That was another one he had on there that I mm-hmm. that I like. It's a good way to to say that. Learn people better. But those are kind of the Woody Guthrie New Year's rulings. Now, just other media stuff for this year. Do you have any other favorites for this year? Like favorite movies, TV show, music, that sort of thing? Yeah. Um, I'll start with music. Um, two albums. The Foo Fighters had a new one, Medicine at Midnight, which right, I liked. Right, yeah. Um, but truthfully, if I had to go with my favorite album of the year, it was OK Human by Weezer. Oh, yeah. Um, they did it with, it was without guitars. Hmm. So it was, um, piano or strings. And it's a beautiful album. I I really enjoyed that one. And it was a nice change of pace. And they have one song off of there that probably got some airplay, but everything else was just... It kind of like a Beach Boys type vibe to it. Like kind mm, of that, nice. that type of... Just a really good album. Um, one of my favorite songs of the year... Um, it's by Girl in Red. It's called Serotonin, and it's about oh, okay. her and her struggles with mental health. Hmm. Um, and I really like it. Um, you know, as someone who deals with anxiety and dealing with like, she has a line about in in there about like dealing with intrusive thoughts and stuff like that. That's one of the things I deal with with almost like a OCD type deal. That hmm. sometimes you think the the worst things like could happen will pop into your head, and that's one that I've always struggled with. So I really like that song. Um, TV shows. 
Um, what We Do in the Shadows had their third season. Uh-huh, yeah. Really love that show. That's a funny show. Um, talk about The Falcon and Winter Soldier, and then Loki were probably my favorite um, Marvel shows that came mm. out this mm. year. Um, one I finally got around to watching in the last two weeks, and I loved it, was it's called Only Murders in the Building. Oh, with and that's uh, on Hulu Steve, with Martin, Steve Martin and, Martin, and Martin, Short. Martin Short and uh, um, Selena Gomez. So good. Okay, and I haven't watched it yet. It's about um, people who enjoy pot, like murder podcasts, which right there, <laughs> I, since I do, but they deal with a murder in their own building where they live. Okay. It's really good. <clears throat> um, and then one that I had, as I was looking back, um, this summer on Netflix, there was The Fear Street series that was oh, okay. one two and three um being a guy who i like scary like the scary movies aren't my favorite but like mm. i i really like them it was kind of fun they were kind of like an rl stein but they weren't but it was a really fun series that mm. they did so it was kind of uh the the 90s version then uh um then they went back in time to like the 70s and then they went back to like in the i want to say 16 or 1700s when the story started okay. so that was a fun trilogy um movie wise um there are lots of different movies i've enjoyed i went to the spider-man movie which spoiler it's about spider-man oh i know sorry everybody wrecked it um that was really good i enjoyed that you know I, the new ghostbusters movie i went in expecting what it was and that was good um trying to think of some of the others that i watched but in general it was again it was kind of fun having those that came out on demand so on the services you could watch some of those when they came yeah. out and then some of them like these the spider-man ghostbusters you had to go to in the theater but that was kind of fun watching so. yeah so it won't get super deep in it either uh for those who listen to usually my brothers and i podcast together and do kind of a Deep dive year-end wrap-up, but just thinking of some things here. As far as movies, some of my favorite movies that I watched this year are movies that were actually made like a year or two ago, but I really enjoyed things like Parasite that I had not watched. That of course Awesome was, movie. That yeah, was so good. Oscar in 2019. Um, the Alpinist is a documentary I just watched last night as uh, recommended by Mr. Brian Burkadall, friend and colleague of ours. Documentary came out in 2020, fantastic, about Marc-Andre Leclerc, who was a Canadian alpinist. Now, an alpinist is a mountain climber, rock climber, but they will do kind of more like snow and ice and mixed mixed surface sort of climbing and stuff as well. And he does... He's kind of a solo alpinist, and that was really, really cool. The kind of my movies of the year that came out this year, Dune, I think, is fantastic. Judas and the Black Messiah, I thought, was great. Maybe my favorite. I haven't even totally finished it. I was I was actually watching it as you came over today. Summer of Soul. I'm through most of it, but I'm not done. The documentary that Questlove did about the Harlem Festival in 1969 
is fantastic. That might be my movie of the year, Summer of Soul. TV shows. There's a lot that I really enjoyed. The Bad Batch. That was kind of the Star Wars mm. animated series this year. Loki, What If, WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Those were all fun. All of the Marvel shows. My favorite show maybe this year is Invincible on Amazon Prime. It's another superhero show. A little more adult, but great. Then Sweet Tooth on Netflix I thought was pretty magical as well. As far as, I don't really have like an album this year that I was, like last year, Run the Jewels 4, that was amazing to me. I kind of put down some music that, like Aesop Rock put out some new stuff this year I was really into, Common put out some new stuff I was really into, Brandy Carlisle. I was also kind of really digging the stuff that John Batiste was putting out this year. William Prince is a Canadian musician who I kind of just discovered this year. He's been around for a while, really digging his stuff. I didn't have a specific like album where I was like, oh yeah, this whole thing kind of blew me away in that in that way. But uh, then podcasts, I was listening to podcasts. Parks and Recollection, the podcast that breaks down Parks I'm, and Rec. I'm a few episodes in. It's been very good. I dig that one. Um, what had happened was, that was one of my favorite podcasts of the year, Open Mic Eagle does, and then each season is just a deep dive with like one hip-hop artist. Okay. So this last season, unless he, maybe they've even started another one, but during the summer he was doing a season with LP. From Def mm-hmm. Jux and Run the Jewels and all this stuff. So that I really dug. And then I'll talk more on some of like podcasts with my brothers and stuff too. But some of the other podcast people I've gotten to talk to this year, like my friend Mike Joseph from Detoxicity, um, our friends at Educalm, those sorts of things. That has been enjoyable, kind of getting to know them, listen to their podcast as well. Yeah, those are kind of my media favorite things for 2021. Now, this episode brought to you by Electricity. <laughs> All of Electricity is our sponsor this week. It's a pretty good poll as far as sponsors yes. go to get All of Electricity as a sponsor. So, Electricity is pretty neat. And what got me thinking about this is... We had a power outage the other day. So, so, and pretty minor here. There were some areas close to us that had like tornadoes, really had some damage, houses mm. destroyed. We were pretty lucky in, in town here, but we did lose power. We had some storms go through, weird December weather. I guess it would be a couple weeks prior to when this episode comes out, but we had a day that all of a sudden was like 65 degrees in the middle of December and thunderstorms, wind, crazy winds came rolling in and we lost power here for in town here was like 18 hours or something. Mm. Not terrible. Other places out power longer. So definitely our thoughts go out to anybody else who's dealing with a lot bigger issues than we are, but just in sort of a simple way, it was sort of like, Wow, we have so much that is connected to electricity now. Yep, and that we take for granted that we 
Yep. Yeah, they just sort of like all the time. Refrigerator, computer, TV, like what? I mean, just flipping the lights on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and how many times you hit the light switch just because out of habit. Yeah, no doubt. And yeah, and a big thank you to everybody who works in that career field because we know one, like legitimately you could be risking your life, especially in high winds like what we were dealing with. Yeah. And wanting you to be safe for the first part, but for you working throughout the night trying to get power back for everybody and people we we know in the world that unfortunately people aren't satisfied with things like that but i know i was very grateful for for all the work that you know have friends who work in that field and the things that they were doing to to try to restore power to our town so a big thank you to everybody who worked hard to get that back yes absolutely i second that it's like in the worst conditions, they're having to go out and work nonstop. And so, yes, that is appreciated. So, thinking about electricity, it's kind of crazy to think about how recent a thing that is. To have electrically powered stuff in general and have electricity run to your home. So, do a little research. <laughs> Now, this fact I got from the National Park Service, because, fine, a lot of my information through the National Park Service. But so in 1882, Thomas Edison founds the Edison Electric Illumination Company of New York and starts powering parts of Manhattan. So 1882. But really, having electricity in your home was not spreading across the country immediately. Mm-hmm. So in 1925, half of U.S. homes had electric power, half did not, give or take. That's well, kind of crazy to think about. You've got a pretty long stretch there where it's like kind of slowly spreading. And then in 1936, this is according to the USDA, about 90% of farms... We're still without power. 90% wow. in 1936. So they passed the Rural Electri- Electrification Act in 1936 to get rural areas and farms power. Especially where we live, you think about that's probably the time period where you're getting a lot of electricity in homes. Mm-hmm. It's not that long ago. No. In the history of the world, that's a pretty short amount of time where it's just kind of crazy like we lose power the other night and it's a reminder of how privileged we are with other things like the kids and I were watching a movie as a storm was going on then the power goes out and we like sat on the couch and watched some videos on my phone for a little while <laughs> and then we read a little bit and then it's like all right let's get to you ready for bed but like still things are pretty good yep, that was my thought I'm like oh it's like 9.30, what do I do? I guess I'll just go to bed, I guess. Like, it's like, I'm a night owl, so I was like, all right, just read. It's time to read some, but it was funny. Like, I don't know what to do now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's dark and it's cold, and anyway. But that was, uh, yeah, so I appreciate having electricity. I do, too. on that note on that big discovery on that earth shattering thought that electricity is pretty great we will wrap up this episode on 2021 and new year's everybody out there 
Have a great New Year celebration, whatever you're doing. Be safe. And if you are someone who kind of does New Year's resolutions or you're kind of wanting to reshape your life a little bit in the New Year's, just take little steps. Focus on that. I do want to say thank you to everyone who checks out all of this nonsense. I'm not always so great with... Like I started doing some of this a little more formally because writing a book, that sort of thing, like to do some things publicly, but I didn't really, I'm not good on pushing things or trying to sell things and I don't particularly want to be the center of attention, but I like doing positive things. I like doing stuff that I find inspiring, motivating. That's why I write the stuff that I do. That's why I look up positive organizations, those sorts of things, try to put a little positivity out there. And it is always nice and humbling when people do check this stuff out, when I all hear a response from somebody or like, so like, oh, I was listening to this and I'm always kind of taken aback. I'm like, you should listen to better things. <laughs> or like, like, I can get your, somebody like reads my book and they'll say something that's very nice. Or like, I can, let me write down a list of 20 better books that you should go read now. <laughs> But sincerely, I'm very appreciative of that. It has been a year of this stuff kind of growing, being a little more active on social media and, and doing some of this and more people listening and, and watching stuff and making some connections with some really cool people, which hope to be doing a little more of this next year, especially as hopefully things continue to open up a little bit, do some more connecting with other people and get out and about. So Thank you to everyone there. As always, you can connect with me, us. You can get a hold of Jason through this too. Through the LukeNielsen.com, LukeNielsenMedia at Gmail, LukeNielsenMedia and all the socials, all that sort of stuff. Anything else you've got? As always, I enjoy this. I, you know, I hope people enjoy listening to us both banter back and forth. Um, Hope Andy Richter doesn't come for my job here real soon. <laughs> he listens to this enough, and he's like, "Hold on, I am the sidekick." So, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade you for Andy Richter. I would. I'll be honest. <laughs> if I were you, I would. <laughs> if Andy Richter wants this show, we'll just let him do it. That'd like, be we'll, awesome. We'll, we'll just we'll hang out. Nobody can see what I'm doing, but I would just have my chin on both hands, just looking at him yes. and listening and nodding. Yes, I love Andy Richter. I do too. <laughs> All right. On that note, thanks everybody. Love yourself. Love each other. Love the fight.